everybody. Welcome to Player to Player, our new podcast here. Hey oh, I'm here myself. This isn't good news. <laughs> One sec. <laughs> I, I got like myself coming to like four different ways here. There we go. I'm sorry. Uh, welcome to Player to Player. This is our podcast every Monday night where we talk about the latest in the video game industry, talk about the news, and we also talk about a few general topics, bigger discussions where the four of us, uh, it's myself, Jake, we also have Danny joining us. Uh, Wes joining us usually uh, or the intended purpose we will do have uh, Will joining us for this as well uh, Wes and Will you can find them on Game On and Danny uh, does his, uh, the uh, classic power hours uh, so you can find him once we get that show going um, but uh, uh, I was without Will tonight uh, just for a quick little introduction uh, I'm Jake uh, and uh, I, I'm a game store manager that's pretty much what I bring to the table for my knowledge here. And then, uh, Danny? Uh, yeah, I'm Danny, or you can call me Mr. Classic. I'm a giant uh, Nintendo video game nerd. Uh, and, you know, it's my, uh, it's my pleasure to bring the knowledge that I have and the passion I have for video games to you guys. This show is all about you guys and all the info we can, you know, scoop up for you. Uh, and I'm Wes. I'm a mobile uh, video game developer, and uh, yeah, played games all my life, and uh, just love to kind of hash out thoughts and feelings on the the industry and kind of where we're going and where we're at. All right, so uh, we're gonna get right into the news here. So the very first segment we have here on Play to Player is we talk about the big news of the past week, uh, what's going on in the industry. And we're going to kick it off with a quote from Phil Spencer. So for those of you guys out there uh, unaware, Phil Spencer is the head of uh, Xbox over there. Uh, he's done a tremendous job bringing back Xbox from uh, its original debut back in 2013. That was sad. <laughs> um, anyways, Phil Spencer uh, on the possibility of COVID impacting game development. So he was asked... Uh, about whether or not COVID-19 is going to be having any kind of impact on game development. This is what he said about it. Any of the functions that actually require physical collaboration, things like motion capture, things like Siphonic capture, uh, some of that is put on hold. I think on the game side, or games side, things that are pre-content complete might be impacted more than things that are post-content complete. So what do you guys think about that? Um, I guess I'll go first. Yeah. So yeah, the, you know, th this is a huge impact, right? We we touched base on this last week about COVID, uh, and how it's been affecting video games and and uh, uh, our lifestyle, right? So yeah, I, I can see games that are very heavy focused on uh, motion cap and and other cap uh, um, stuff of like that. Of course, it's going to be postponed, right? Mm -hmm. People are not able to go into work. They can't uh, do the stuff that they did before COVID hit. So, uh, yeah, we're going to see a decrease on those AAA titles unless it was done uh, way before this mm -hmm. happened, right? So I can see uh, the games being hit hard just because of that. Uh, not a lot of people have their own mocap suit at home ready to right. go with the software, right? So... Yeah, we're going to see a decrease of those types of games. What you are going to see is an increase on indie titles, stuff that uh, doesn't have a huge uh, production time. You're going to have it where 
you know, people are have more time at home. They can do their, you know, 2D graphics or 2.5 HD graphics, whatever uh, games, which is what we're seeing on like the eShop, the PSN, and the Xbox Store. Uh, indie games are pretty much what uh, you know creators are going to now because it's easy uh, to make them at home, right? It's it's one of those things where we are going to see a decrease of those games for the rest of the year. What about US? Yeah, I, I, I agree kind of with, with what Danny's saying there and, and with what, what Phil's saying. Like anything where you've got to get people together and they have to be in that space like mocap, uh, like any kind of like orchestral sound and that sort of thing can be a lot harder to do. Uh, and then even anything that was that's in sort of like that pre-production stage as well, I think it's going to be impacted because I, I, I feel like you can do you know, the meetings and, and that sort of thing online. But I think you kind of lose a little bit of that, that spark that kind of comes from sort of like spitballing ideas and that sort of thing and sort of seeing what, mm -hmm. what works and what doesn't. Um, where, where, oh, sorry. Uh, whereas like the stuff that's, you know, everything's kind of locked. The Much of the content in terms of any data like motion capture and that sort of thing is, is it, the stuff that's done yeah, it's just getting the game together, getting it working, getting it out the door. Um, that stuff is is maybe hitches here and there as, mm -hmm. as technology sort of causes problems. Uh, but overall, I, I think that stuff's just going to kind of keep flowing. Mm -hmm. You know, something I want to bring up a little bit later as part of our conversation, though, is interesting that Danny mentioned it with AAA games being pushed back and there being a uh, move over towards more indie developed titles. Could this potentially be a death knell to triple A titles? So I, I want to. We'll bring that up again and uh, and uh, discuss that a little bit more later. <laughs> oh yeah. Right? But uh, moving on, uh, BlizzCon has been canceled this year. It has been canceled, and an online event is being planned for 2021. So they're wow. not even they're not even going to be doing a BlizzCon in twenty twenty. They're like, nope. We're gonna go over into twenty twenty one and then we're gonna do a online event plan for twenty twenty one. That's Wes, that's, not, that's that's not too surprising. Uh I mean given given the nature of everything right now, but mm -hmm. um it the 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 twenty twenty one date I think is kind of interesting because there was a, a report now Granted, the rumor is sort of nebulous. It's it's a, a guy kind of drawing his own conclusions to sort of the current state of Diablo 4 and how he sort of believed, he or she kind of believed that it might be further along than what Blizzard had sort of indicated. Um, okay. So last year at, at BlizzCon, Blizzard indicated that this is not even like Blizzard soon in terms of when Diablo 4 is coming out. Um, but apparently in terms of revision numbers and build numbers, they're, they're quite a bit further along than Diablo three was in terms of the number of revisions made based on where Diablo three launched. So that was sort of the, the impetus of, Hey, maybe it's further along. Hmm. Uh, but given this, it, it sort of indicates that no, maybe it's not, maybe it is yeah. sort of not blizzard soon. Yeah. There's that blizzard polish. What about you, Danny? Uh, I can believe it. You just brought it up just now. Blizzard takes a while to make uh, to finish their games. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I can see a 2020, 2021 date if they have nothing to show, um, which kind of makes sense. Uh, on the other hand, if they are, like Wes said, if they are ahead and, you know, the production's faster than what they did with Diablo 3, uh, 2021 date makes no sense to me. Uh, because, you know, we, we have other other gaming uh, companies that are still bringing out uh, conferences, online conferences, uh, for, you know, what's left of 2020. Uh, but, yeah, my, my guess is that they don't have nothing to show, which would make sense postponing until next year, until, you know, they have something that's worthwhile. It's it's sad for, you know, fans of Blizzard and their games, because I, I know BlizzCon is is really huge and all the people are looking forward to what's coming out uh what not what's coming out but what uh, new info is coming from blizz uh but it, it's kind of weird like i said it, from my understanding i'm gonna lean towards they have nothing <clears throat> to show that's that's where i'm leaning because of that one you know one of the interesting things about blizzcon is is, is it's really about the community it's about bringing people together and mm-hmm. you know that's because I mean, Blizzard isn't a company that has a plethora of titles. They're not Microsoft or Sony putting out a conference or Nintendo putting out a conference or, you know, Blizzard has a few powerhouse titles and they sit on those and that's all they do, right? Yeah. So, it's it's just really weird that they would be so willing to push it to 2021. Mm -hmm. Uh I, I, I'm I'm probably in agreement with you there, Wes, on the fact about the, the Diablo Four development, and especially with a lot of taking Phil Spencer's quote, a lot of the pre-content, the content being the actual physical game elements, um, you know, all, you know, getting in the music scores, getting in the you know the motion tracking for the game. You know, you, you can't build a character without doing the mocap unless you're going to go back to the old school way of doing it, which nobody does. This mocap's mm-hmm. better. So why would you spend the time? You know. It's, at that point in time, you just kind of halt everything, and maybe that's why they've um, gone for a 2021 date. But for me, what really stands out is not the fact that it's a 2021 date, but that it's an online event in 2021. This is this is them saying that they don't think there's any hope of uh, there being a solution come February. But Disney World is opening up in June or July. <laughs> yeah, that it, it, doesn't it, make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, Disney World's like, everybody, come on in. You, 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 you want on a ride. You want on a ride. We'll get four of you on a ride at a time, you know, instead of 12 for social distancing reasons. But four of you get to enjoy the ride at a time. But, they don't, but they're going to do an online BlizzCon. I guess, I don't know. Sorry, they, they pushed it back. They're, they're going to do this online event in February? Is that, there's is no, that the date? There's no or date. It's just 2021 oh. online. Yeah. Interesting. Because yeah. I mean, blizzcon is what like october november november december time, right? yeah right in there yeah, yeah so mm-hmm. i mean it, if it, if it had just been say like pushed back we're doing this in like february or march then yeah i mean that i i would i would sort of lean to like that's not really that big of a, a push um doing online only i mean they've done the virtual ticket stuff for the last couple of years uh but maybe they're just trying to figure out kind of what they can how to expand on that um, and then, yeah, I, I kind of agree with Danny there that, you know, maybe they just don't have a whole lot yeah. and if they're pushing it back into say, maybe later next year, like middle, mid to late next year, then yeah, it's, it's definitely a content thing because they certainly wouldn't, there, there wouldn't be enough time to 
get something substantial together over those extra couple months to warrant this extra bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So moving on here, we have EA renewing their partnership with the NFL to continue developing football simulation games. Yay! <laughs> I don't know. What do you think about that, Wes? Didn't uh, didn't 2K announce that they've got a, a a deal back with the NFL? Did they? I'm not sure. Yeah, I, saw, I want to say that they did. Someone someone can correct me on this one for sure. But um, yeah, I mean that's that's not surprising. They signed that deal with the NFL for like what? It was like 15 years or something like that in the early the early 2000s, um, and that that effectively killed the NFL 2K franchise at that time because yes you are right they did they did okay yeah yeah yeah. so i mean that'll be interesting especially if uh 2k i would be shocked if they did this but the um the last round of 2k games launched at 30 dollars price points as opposed to the uh it it was yes i think it was 59 at the time was the normal price here Mm -hmm. so it was half price but they basically were like Hey, we're losing to Madden and and, and NHL every year, so we're going to launch at half price and try to get some people to come over. And, uh, I mean, the NFL 2K games were actually pretty decent, so, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe this is what EA... EA signing the deal, of course they are, but maybe they're sweating a little bit of competition now. Yeah. Because Madden hasn't had any for 15 years. What do you think, Danny? Uh, You know, I'm like... Everyone knows that I'm not huge into uh, sports games like NFL. I'm, I know you guys are big in football, but I am not. But, uh, you know, it, Wes brings up a good point. Uh, you know, 2K has always had their, you know, seasonal sports games, which gives them, uh, I should say EA, or is it 2K? EA. It's 2K. Is it EA? Oh, EA has the seasonal titles. Yeah. Okay, then... EA has the seasonal titles. But it, it just goes to show that they have competition now, right? Um, which is, it's always good. I always, I always say competition is good, uh, because it brings out, uh, you know, better Best. games for, for the players. Right. Um, I, I personally, especially on EA's front, I really don't think we need seasonal games. Uh, you know, unless you're changing something very drastically, uh, why not just do, uh, you know, updates that you purchase you know say 10 bucks or 12 bucks a, a year get your updated roster get uh you know updated jerseys uh anything else that you know you can easily just do it from one upgrade what's the point of bringing out a game every year that's about the same just for those exact things i just pointed out it, it's just really a money grab right um but yeah going back to having competition it's always great to have a competition. Yeah. And you go back to the Sega versus Nintendo days. Uh, those were the best days because there was competition. Uh, people were into Sega. People were into Nintendo. Uh, companies were trying to get you to go to one, to the other. Uh, it was great. And I think that we need that this no. day and age. I don't think there's enough competition. Sony and Microsoft used to have competition. Now it's basically nothing. Uh, I don't know. Like, it's great, like I said, to have more companies doing doing NFL games, um, but there's going to be that time where it's going to start to decrease in popularity. Like I said, you can't always have 
the same game come out every year mm-hmm. and have it sell a fortune. Most of the bargain games that are being sold off the stores is is always a sports title. I see it all the time going to you know your store, going to uh, anywhere else. Those things are multiplying everywhere mm-hmm. because people you get rid of the old one to get the new one when you could just get a downloaded update. Mm-hmm. Just I don't know. To me, that whole thing is a huge money grab. I really want to talk a lot, a lot more on. Uh... You touched on something very nice, Danny. I want to talk on again in the in our future of gaming discussion a little bit further. Um, uh, but in, in terms of EA renewing the partnership, I think it's good. Uh, healthy, healthy for uh, football. Uh, healthy for those types of games. Again, uh, 2K also getting it. it's going to have some healthy competition in there. Um, and and I, I, EA probably needs to grab on to whatever they can to get as many sales on anything that they can because. Mm-hmm. A whole separate conversation there, but they haven't exactly been hitting home runs for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I, I got something for EA in just a little bit here, but uh, moving on, got two Borderlands topics to talk about. First up, this is not necessarily a video video game per se, but uh, Borderlands movie Kate Blanchett has officially been cast as Lilith. Woo! That is awesome. Is it just me? Or has the treatment of video game movies been that they haven't been able to secure a good enough actor or actress or, or, or actor general to play those roles that they need to draw in the audience? At the end of the day, you need somebody there really to draw in an audience, a name, a face, a figure. Ian McKellen was the guy used in Lord of the Rings to play Gandalf. Is mm-hmm. it right? They had the rock in Doom, man. But. <laughs> Again, it was The Rock, right? I mean, it it's wrestling. Rock. It was wrestling. Doom was not good. No, I know. No. <laughs> no, no. What, what do you think, Danny? Uh, okay, so what we're seeing now is the rise of video game movies. Um, as much as comic book movies were at the time. People remember the first start of comic book movies uh, when Marvel was, you know, had the rights split out, right? And we got some horrible, horrible titles, which led to Marvel, uh, Marvel Pictures or Marvel, Marvel Studios, I should say. Uh, that's what's happening with games. Mm-hmm. We've already had two successful uh, and uh, decent um, uh, video game movies that have came out: uh, Detective Pikachu, which was written, uh, highly rated uh, and loved by people, and Sonic the Hedgehog, which was another movie that. Uh, People thought was doomed at the beginning, but you know, with changes to his image and stuff, uh, became a top hit. Uh, the more that we're seeing co- uh, video game movies, uh, you know, come into production, uh, we're seeing that they are starting to take it seriously. They are following the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they understand the story, and they are trying to do what comic book movies are right now right we we got this highly popular uh, media uh that everyone loves we you know gaming uh there's a lot of great titles that can go and be made into movies uh you know we of course we've seen a whole bunch of them come out throughout the years but uh we we are only going to see uh better and better and better movies happening because of uh you know like you said getting uh, you know better actors 
better story to, um, um, people to write the stories for the film. We're getting better directors who are actually uh, getting into this, or we have new directors that grew up with these franchises mm-hmm. and want to see it being pushed onto film, uh, which is great because, like I said, with Borderlands, uh, you know, that's that's huge property. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that they can do for movies. I, right now, I, I can honestly think of a six-movie deal just because, you know, Borderlands is a massive game franchise. Uh, yeah, so you, you, we're going to start seeing it. It's going to happen slowly, just like how with um, uh, the Pavlov movie started. Uh, but now, you know, we're, we're seeing we're going to see a steady rise of good video game movies. So I got a comment is... in our. Oh, oh, go ahead, Jake. Got a comment in our uh, in the chat here. Uh, Brian Ball says she's a little too old for Lilith, isn't she? Referring to Kate Blanchett playing uh, playing Lilith. What do you think there, Wes? Yeah, I could see that that point kind of being made. I can't really think of anyone, at least not off the top of my head, that that's leaping to mind. That Charlize for... Theron. Um, maybe is she much younger than Kate Blanchett? I think Kate Blanchett's I, I honestly early don't forties. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe I could see the argument being made. Um, you know, it, it, I, I saw this story kind of floating around, and it, it was just sort of her picture next to Lilith, and I'm like, oh, mm. okay, sure, yeah, color her hair, and you, you like got it. Lilith. Um, I, I, I am, I, I, I kind of want to touch on something that 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 Danny raised, though, um, specifically with with video game movies and that sort of thing, is that I, I feel that there is some traps and challenges for for video game movies just in terms of uh their length and trying to condense some of these stories down into a two to even if you go to three hour movie um it can be can be a significant challenge for some games uh and and specifically the 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 movies that he called out uh, in terms like sonic and detective pikachu i i i'm not tremendously familiar with detective pikachu so i i can't really speak to that one but my understanding was that it was more playing off the pokemon universe rather than specifically from the games mm-hmm. um and then sonic is a, a fairly s- tight story it is you know not a very complex sort of thing and so i i could definitely see challenges as you go into these bigger franchises like borderlands like say Final Fantasy, like uh, I'm just looking at my games list here, like Bloodborne, like Assassin's Creed, and that sort of thing. Where these are becoming, these are massive games. Yeah. And well, we, we already had an Assassin's Creed that uh, didn't turn we out. Did. Hey, we did. We did. Didn't turn out well. <laughs> <laughs> it's still good. Don't, don't get me wrong, I, but it's not. I haven't seen it. So. So, but well, yeah, I, th- I think there's challenges there in in terms of that. Uh, I mean, the the casting thing is is always interesting. I I love seeing some of that casting list, mm-hmm. um, especially on like highly character driven stuff like Borderlands, like fighting games and that kind of thing. It's always fun to see that. You know, I think I know our topic for next week: video game movies. Oh. I think that'll be a great one because there's a lot to talk about there, and I think that'll be a great one. Uh, I, I have we seen got- some humdingers. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> we do got to skip through these next ones a little bit quicker here. Uh, so going to skip into the next one. Borderlands Handsome Collection is free on PC. Uh, for those of you that own uh, the Epic's Launcher, it's a free-to-own thing, so you should own it. 
uh, go over there and download Borderlands, a handsome collection. Um, the fact that it's free on PC after so long, not really that surprising, I guess. Um, what do you guys think about that, Wes? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, there, it wasn't too surprising to see this one, this one pop up. Um, it's what Borderlands Two and uh, the pre-sequel, yeah. I believe is is what it is. So I mean, they're they're fairly older titles as well. Um, and uh, Borderlands Two is definitely the the jewel in that in that uh, collection. Um, so yeah, I mean, it wasn't too surprising. It's it's a nice get if you like if you haven't played Borderlands or like hey, you know, I don't have Borderlands on PC, then yeah, sure, pick up Borderlands Two and, and that. Um, but beyond that, I was just kind of mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay, I'll grab it, but. You know, I'm not. I'm, I'm not dying to play it right now or anything like that. Yeah. What do you think, Danny? Uh, you know, <laughs> the best thing is that that came. That news came out right after the um, collection released for the Switch, uh, which is it, it's kind of ridiculous because who's gonna buy? Like, I, I'm hoping people buy the Switch ones because I want to see more titles get ported over to Switch, or at least. You know, have a bigger library, but they just gave everyone the option to not purchase their game so that they can just download it for free. It makes no sense to me, especially when you're trying to sell a game. Um, but yeah, There's more on that later. Fa- yeah, yeah, so that's a good for, point. for fans, of course, who, who want to have these games, like you said, it's free. Why wouldn't you go and download it? Is it that same collection? Is it is it Borderlands two and and the pre sequel? The handsome collection. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can't. I can't explain that one. Yeah. Yeah, It 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 makes no sense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, moving on, Sonic the Hedgehog is getting a sequel. Speaking of video game movies, so uh, obviously there is some again good element there. Um, Just real quick, Danny, your thoughts on that? Uh, super excited. Uh, you guys know that I loved Sonic the Hedgehog the movie. Huge Sonic fan. I want to see what's going to happen. I'm hoping Knuckles comes in. There's a secret at the end of the first one, which I don't want to spoil it if you guys haven't seen it. Uh, but yeah, I'm super happy. Uh, I'm glad that we're getting a sequel to it because I was afraid that we wouldn't, especially before the redesign happened. Uh, but yeah, it, it's great. Like I said, we're getting to seeing more video game movies done right and i'm very very happy with the news um i'm happy sonic fans have something to look forward to mm-hmm. yeah it's it's good news it's good news, yeah, good news well, about sure. the game. um so the dishonored series uh hasn't there hasn't been a new game in that for a while but uh word is that the original story is complete say the devs but the series itself is not on hold so we're likely to find ourselves once more uh back in the dishonored Sonic Universe. Uh, Wes, what are your thoughts there? Uh, I mean, that's interesting that that has kind of come up recently, uh, especially because um, the developer just had, Arcane Studios just had their 20th anniversary this past week. So they were doing a big celebration of their games, and specifically, obviously, Dishonored is a a big part of that. Um, So, I I mean, I I thought Dishonored was just, was very cool. I, I really liked the the worlds that that team develops just because they they put a lot of thought into how that world works rather than just how the levels are designed Mm -hmm. um and it's it's a sort of a a key distinction to sort of feeling like you're inhabiting a living world versus just sort of running through a a built obstacle course Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm excited. Always excited to see what that team's doing next. Um, they 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 did uh, the prey uh, remake, I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they've what's that that what's that other game they've they've got coming? Their friend. Uh, France Studios got something coming next year, the year after, or something like that. Uh, I can't I know, remember. Off the top of my head, yeah. But they do have another one, so it, it, it would be very interesting to see what the. Uh, I'd imagine it be their Austin studio, since that's the one that did the previous Dishonoreds, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I would definitely be down for a new Dishonored. Danny, what do you think? I have, unfortunately, have never played a Dishonored game. Uh, yeah, I know the shock is real. Uh, but. Uh, I'm happy about this news. I'm always happy to hear that a studio is releasing a game that, that you know, uh, has a following. It's always great to see sequels. I'm a huge sequel guy. I, I love seeing mascots. I love having anything like that. Uh, and yeah, like Will says, the you know, the company is great at what they do. Uh, and, you know, I've seen the game. Like, it's not like I haven't seen the game. I just haven't played it for myself. But uh, it it looks amazing. Yeah, I I love like like what was saying the uh, the worlds and how the game looks and the characters look awesome. There's two Dishonored games, is there, or just three? One. There's two Dishonors, and then I I think the second one had a standalone yeah. DLC. Okay. Yeah, Death of the Outsider. Um, yeah. Yeah. So- and it, yeah. It's you playing. Uh, Corvo in the in the first one, and then I believe it's his daughter in the in the second one. Yeah, and then somebody completely different in, the, in, the, in that standalone. Yes. Yeah, which is cool. It's cool continuing off that story, like you said. You you know you have his daughter continuing the second. What happens in the third? Uh, you know, it, it's great to see a, a story unfold from game to game. It's it's like mm-hmm. a film, right? So it's great to see that happen. Uh, the more the more uh, sequels to great games. I'm okay with that. Yeah, and, and and this team just does such a great job of of building building sandboxes for you and and giving you all the the tools and systems to sort of approach these things how you want. The um the, these are the guys behind original Deus Ex games, so I mean these are these are guys that that kind of know what they're doing when they they're trying to really give you you know actual player agency in these games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hideo Kojima has a big project that is scrapped uh, in planning stages for the next game. Not really hmm. surprising given Death Stranding and the revolutionary car that was tried to be played there and uh, didn't quite play out. Yeah. Um, Danny, thoughts? Uh, yeah, you know, Kojima has a lot of great, great ideas to games. He He's a master of what he does. Uh, the trouble is he, he makes games that uh, a lot of people don't understand, I want to say, with uh, Death Stranding. I I kind of get the concept. I, I, like, I, my, I have, I'm a, a very good friend who loves that game, loved it to pieces. Uh, I still have no idea what to do in that game other than basically survive. Um, I'm a huge, huge Metal Gear Solid fan. Uh, and stuff, and it, it's sad that he can't do uh, Metal Gear pretty much because he's not part of Konami. Uh, but you know, he's getting a new game done, but we we don't know what it's going to be. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's Kojima. Uh, his <clears throat> ideas are really, really out there. Uh, so yeah, I, it's it's one of those things where 
I don't I don't really know until I see what he brings out. I need to see something to give a better better answer than what I can give. Mm-hmm. What about you, Will? What do you think? Uh, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, I'm sorry, Wes. I don't you, know why. you are not the first to do it, and and won't be the last. Yeah, I guess um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm I'm also a big fan of Kojima. Um, I love the Metal Gear Solid series, uh, except for five. Um, and I really didn't like Death Stranding at all. I finished it, played through the whole thing, um, and you know, it, it maybe makes a little more sense now that. You know, you've got a game with an invisible enemy where the only people that are allowed to roam the world are Amazon delivery drivers. And then 2020 happens and here we are. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, this this didn't surprise me too much because this is not really uncommon. Like it, there, there's tons of games that we just never hear about that go into the planning stages and it just it's just not working. Uh, where the you know the idea in your head is fantastic, but as soon as you actually try to put pen to paper and and try to make something that's enjoyable and engaging, it just falls apart. Uh, so I, I mean, while you know it, it sucks to hear that that something of his is is not coming out uh, or or has been scrapped. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there will be a, another title that that sort of replaces that and 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 sees release. Mm-hmm. So these next couple, I'm just gonna blitz out real quick as we got to uh, we got to get to our commercial break here. So we have uh, a little bit of time to get into our meaty discussion for tonight. So uh, speak, speaking of Prey, uh, Prey VR for the PlayStation VR has been listed by a retailer. So uh, likely uh, also a little bit of drip out from Arcane Studios having their anniversary this week. Uh, Prey for PlayStation VR. Prey didn't really do all that great at, uh, in reviews coming out of the gate. So hopefully this is a little bit of a different version to. Uh, Maybe give it a new life. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield expansion past news is coming tomorrow. Tomorrow, June 2nd. June 2nd. We're going to get uh, some news on the Pokemon Sword and Shield expansion pass. So that is very exciting. Uh, glad for that to finally, finally be happening. Um, uh, next up, we have WWE 2K devs. So this is a big one for me. And I don't even follow wrestling games. I just think this is a very good step. Uh, the WWE 2K devs cites No Mercy and SmackDown as influences for the next game. Oh, thank God! Now, this means that they're going to be going down to you know to you know uh, No Mercy, you know WCW No Mercy, uh, you know SmackDown versus Raw era on the N64. So those those games. I believe is what they're drawing the inspiration from coming up. So I'm really excited for that. Wes, you've got a look of confusion. I'm going to give you a moment on this one. What, what's been their inspiration for the last 20 years of wrestling games? I have no Should idea. It have already been those games. Well, it, you know, go, uh, going into it, you know, 2k took over and pretty much wanted to create such realism. It made its games absolutely garbage. Um, uh, mm. Those those previous ones that Jake was talking about, uh, those were the best. Oh wrestling. sure, I like I have played like the like WCW versus NWO like Revenge and No Mercy and and what was it WrestleMania two thousand? Yeah, was the other one? Yeah, uh, I I played the the he- I played the hell out of those games. Oh yeah, uh, I liked the SmackDown games when they came out. I I just I fell off wrestling, so I stopped playing 
wrestling games basically yeah. but i i mean i it it in my head i just can't understand the well what have you been doing the last 20 years shouldn't you have your... already been picking up on those right but good. I mean, yeah if, if they went the realism route then yeah i could see that falling apart yeah real see, fast. I, to, I i preferred when uh acclaim was doing the wrestling games um sure. and um and thq which was really awesome that's that's when it was the SmackDown era. Uh, they knew how to make a wrestling game. I, I'm hoping 2K loses the rights. Uh, just, you know, what, let's see what happens with this game. Mm-hmm. But if it fails, I say, you know, cut ties with 2K, say goodbye, and get someone who can actually make a fun wrestling game. Because wrestling games are supposed to be fun. You know, wrestling is a soap opera. Uh, you know, I I just want to beat the hell out of somebody on you know on a steel cage, light them on a light a table on fire and power bomb them through. Hey, all right. So that's it for our news for the for the segment. We're going to be taking a quick little commercial break here. Afterwards, we're going to be diving into our main topic of tonight, which is the future of gaming. And something big happened within the last five days. A reveal, not a reveal. We're going to discuss that in just a few minutes. We'll see you then. Hey everybody, welcome back to Player to Player, our weekly podcast here Monday nights in the Northerners where we talk everything in the video game industry, talk the latest news, and then we also share our thoughts and opinions about a general topic of the night. And that's the segment we're at right now where we're going to be talking about the meaty part of our general discussion, and that is on the future of gaming. So, start this off. Uh, I just want to bring up one other little uh, news clip that I didn't bring up prior in the segment. Sony announces and then delays the PlayStation 5 June reveal event, obviously due to the uh, ongoing situation down in the United States uh, with the rioting. Um, But with this reveal event being pushed back, um, you know, and it literally being about a future console that's coming out and what this future console is going to be doing does this mean that we may not see the uh, system come in November um, you know, as it's slated to if the reveal is going to be delayed then you know does the system itself then be delayed but before we uh, go on to that for the general topic of the future of gaming uh, there's a lot of new consoles coming out you have the Xbox uh, Series X systems that's coming out we have the PlayStation 5 that's coming out both of those again slated to be in November uh, Danny brought up that there is a uh, rumored Sega console that could be coming out a new uh, Sega's attempt to get back into the video game industry with a home edition console Atari is releasing uh, one of their consoles that has a bunch of playable games as well as uh, future game compatibility as well inside of it um, And then we're also seeing the rise of PC gaming. There's a lot of PC games out there There's a lot of different platforms out there. So gaming gaming as it was five ten years ago is not how it's going to be in Five or ten years from now is it, going to be drastically changing But how is it going to be changing and what kind of changes can we look forward to that's going to be what we're going to discuss in tonight and First, we're going to discuss that in November. What do you guys think? Do you guys do we see the PlayStation Five being pushed back because of something like this? And do we see that wh- whether or not we're going to see any more delays as a result of what's going on in the world right now, both of COVID and the unrest? 
Wes, I'll, t- I'll let you take this one first. Uh, I think in terms of the like this this reveal and and them delaying the the actual event itself, I I don't think that's going to impact their their strategy in terms of releasing the console in in November. I think uh, that's that's going to still be on the table. This just seems as though it's just a reaction to sort of sort of the, the global events and them feeling that it is maybe not the time for them to be coming out and trying to celebrate something with with so much unrest and, and that going on uh, and that maybe they, they should just take a step back and, and just not do it at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in terms of COVID and that kind of thing, uh, certainly I could see some some issues with hardware shortage and that sort of thing, but I think we probably would have started to hear that already. Um, those systems would need to start going into development. They'd probably already need to be there. I don't know much about console supply chains mm-hmm. or anything like that, so... I can't speak 100% to it, but I would think that they would probably already have to have been firing up manufacturing. It's not something that you can just say, okay, we're going to make Xboxes on this line today, and then tomorrow we're going to make Playstations. That's yeah. that's just not the way that works. Um, so, it, yeah, I, I think the the big thing is is just going to be, like, can they get the, the hardware they need or the numbers up to where they need, given... So, you know, uh, the, the current amount of people being able to work lines and that sort of thing. Uh, and then can they get the, the software itself to the level it needs to be to launch? Danny? Uh, I think it's really bad. Um, I, I think, you know, what's going on in the world right now, it, it's a huge deal. And I agree uh, wholeheartedly with a lot of stuff. Um, but we are... Well, at least the idea is that we are going to see uh, the next generation of gaming the end of this year. By the end of this year, I should say. Um, this is going to impact and hurt both Xbox and PS uh, and PlayStation. Uh, what I mean by that is that, um, you know, for us who are, you know, like you, Jake, you, you have your own store where you know stuff is coming out. You know that uh, we're going to see this happen sometime too. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Wes are both in the same place. Like We, we know this info. Uh, we ha- we keep track of gaming. But you're going to have a lot of people who have no idea that this is coming out. It's going to be a Wii U accident waiting to happen where people thought, because the marketing was horrible, people thought that the Wii U was an attachment to the original Wii. Um, yep. This is huge. If we are going to see this console or consoles release the end of this year, marketing should have already been there. Uh, you know, it, like I said, it, it's it's terrible what's going on. But you know, <sighs> Xbox is is let's say the company is of U.S. origin. PlayStation is not. You know, PlayStation is of Japanese origin, uh, which, you know, I can understand the the halt on, you know, the information, the conference, whatever. Uh, but in the end, what sells a console or what sells a game or what sells anything is marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not we are going to see this postponed to, you know, two weeks from now or what happens if it's postponed three months from now five months from now, uh, a year, who knows, a year from now, we are going to see a lot of stuff uh, failing because of this. 
Uh, We have never, uh, at least in my experience, I have never seen a console launch be as horrible as the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. Um, Like I said, we we don't know. It's been postponed. We have no idea when it's going to happen. We know nothing of the PS5. We know we hardly know any of the games, which we should have known beforehand. We look at past generations, past systems. We've always known what was coming out, when the system was coming out, what it looked like seven months before the system was launched. Uh, from In my experience, I, I'm pretty much worried. I don't see an interest of what's coming just because I, I know so little of this next current gen you know a a big thing that i think that covid has caused is a stagnation because there's a lot of waiting people are waiting you don't know how to react to what's going on you're just waiting and waiting and waiting and and waiting and waiting and you know it's how it was for when we got told to close the store back in march it's like hey close the store down you're a non-essential store close down well, yeah. I, I, okay, so closed down for how long? Well, two weeks. That's what they. That's what they told us was two weeks. We were closed yeah. down for two weeks. It turned into almost two months. All right. Yeah. So there's a lot of uncertainty there. You know, um, with already me trying to order in products, I'm having a hard time getting a hold of anything hardware related, anything, even gamers related. It, it, it's very difficult to get anything in right now because things are not being produced. There's nobody in the factories producing things because the factories are still all closed. Yeah, the parks are open and the retail stores are open. They got these small places open, but the factories are still primarily closed or they're not operating at full efficiency and they won't be operating at full efficiency for a while. I think there's there's another aspect to this too, um, and I I've definitely I, I kind of agree with 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 the, it's this is sort of an odd rollout for for new consoles. Usually you get that one big reveal, um, and I, I think Microsoft tried to do that at the Game Awards last year, where they they did they revealed the system yep. but didn't show anything uh, other than what the system looked like. Um, but the the other aspect of this as well is that both sides need to be very conscious about how much these consoles are going to cost yep uh for for obvious reasons like you look back at sony's launch of the ps3 and where they announced the price and people are like i sorry what uh yeah uh but then also just look at the the situation you've got you know what close to like 20 percent unemployment in in the states right now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. people aren't going to have the money to spend six seven hundred dollars on a console you you know even five it might be kind of pushing it for a lot of people so uh you know in in terms unless you you know you you're doing that like look i know these consoles are coming out i'm going to start saving money well in advance um but yeah it's it's not going to be just like I got five hundred dollars. I'm going to drop it on one of these consoles. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, it. It's going to be. I've got five hundred dollars. I can pay my rent. Supply yeah. and demand is going to be a huge factor going forward uh, for the major gaming consoles launching this year. Uh, one of the comments we had in, in our uh, uh, in our chat uh, by Jody May ninety. I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see more of a push towards digital downloads of games over buying physical copies due to COVID. 
Now, I had brought this up. I don't know if I had actually brought this up in the last episode or just in chatting with you guys. You did. We, we touched on it. But, so, again, supply and demand. And we're talking cost of consoles. So, especially right now, right? We're talking about the future of gaming. And we're talking about production being an issue. Right? So, that's not only a production hardware, but that's also a production software issue. Now... The hardware you can't really get around. The hardware is something you can't really get around. But the software is something you can get around because there's already there. There's digital downloads. Um, you know, do we see, because of COVID and everything that's going on, a, another attempt, as, as the Xbox One uh, tried with the Xbox One D system, the diskless version, do we see with something, you know, uh, with, with, the, with everything going on uh, production-wise, uh, with, with these systems coming out, will they make another version that doesn't have a disc tray simply to try and reach those audiences? Uh, especially given you know that production costs are probably going to be higher than anticipated for these consoles. I think we definitely see. I think we're we're just in general. Um, we're we're still going to see that push towards digital. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think that's going to stop. Um, it just it it makes sense on the publisher's standpoint. They don't have to press discs. They don't have to ship them all over yeah. the place. Who they they don't need to do that part. You can immediately throw that away. Or they don't need to get an artist to make the what the you know design the cover of the the uh, the box and that sort of thing. None of that stuff needs to be done. Um, I mean, I guess the art still needs to be done on the digital side. So, um, but. Yeah, I think you're still going to see that push, but I, I, I hope my my I can't say for sure because you know Sony could pull a fast one on us here, but I I really can't see either side right now making that that push the way Microsoft did back in 2013. Mm -hmm. I, I I think it, Microsoft definitely seems to have learned their lesson from that. Um, so I yeah, and and Sony rightfully jumped all over them for it back oh, in they did that was brutal it it was it was brutal and it was kind of great at the same time yeah uh so yeah i can't really see them making as strong a push but i i don't think you're going to see that push stop it it you know it might slow for a little bit but it's not going to go away i don't think what were you danny um okay well you with uh, with uh, Xbox and their discless system, um, a lot of people don't remember, but uh, it was actually Sony who was the first one to do an all-digital portable system, PSP Go, which was an absolute pile of garbage. Um, and the, the trouble is, is that with the digital games, of course, it's, it's an easy alternative for companies, especially at the moment with production costs, and like you said, getting people into there to press discs, to, you know, get cartridges, whatever, uh, depending on what system. Um, yeah, Microsoft learned a lesson, and so did Sony. They learned a great lesson, is that, you know, there's a lot of people out there who don't want to waste money on digital because they don't own anything of that. Something happens to those games I've purchased games on, you know, like different mul multiple systems, uh, but like going with the uh, the PSP era and the PlayStation Three at the time, 
um, there's games that I purchased and, you know, it's gone because of rights or, uh, you know, something happens and it's taken off the PSN, off of the Xbox, whatever. Uh, you're just wasting money. Uh, like you, you, Jake, you know that I'm 100% a physical media guy. Yeah. Uh, it's very rare that I purchase digital games. I purchase digital games at a discounted price to see if I actually like the game to purchase a physical copy. Uh, it sounds weird to a lot of people, but uh, I like to have an, a game that I can put in, even you know the internet down, let's say something happens to the internet, uh, you know, I, I can just load in my game to the system and play it. And yeah, there will always be a push to digital gaming. It's cheaper for companies because they don't have to make the, the cover arts. They don't have to pay people to do that. They don't have to have, you know, uh, warehouses making tons of copies of this uh, and stuff like that. But in the end, all I want from any system going forward is a choice between the two. There should never be a system that takes away a physical drive and to just have a digital. Um, I, I've already said it multiple times. Whenever a system or a company brings out a system that is digital only is the probably the time I stop playing video games. I will not pay for a system that is just digital. Well, I, I always want to have a choice. There should always be a choice. When the Google Stadia launched in November, that's what they did. The Google Stadia is a diskless system that relies on you purchasing and streaming the content online. Now, yeah, obviously, there's a too. right. It's it's not <laughs> done well so far. There's a lot of issues that it's that has had out the gate. But yeah. you've got to you've got to think. Why would Google, a billion dollar company, especially behind Alphabet, right? Why would Google go and uh, make a system that is exclusively digital, the Google Stadia, um, without there being some sort of some sort of future planning there, right? And Kind of touching on what Will said there about there being, you know, the, the cost factor too. Interesting tidbit here, uh, non-game related per se, but um, uh, Trolls, the movie, uh, number two launched. And uh, there's been a huge fuss over that because DreamWorks came and made a ton of money off of it. They made a ton of money. They didn't put it in theaters. They released it exclusively online with a, tra with a charge. And they came out making four times the profit. Okay, yeah. so to well to Wes's point there, when you have it that you don't have to pay for the disc to be made, and you don't have to pay for the warehouse to then ship it and the guy to be there, there's a lot of middlemen that you can end up cutting out, and right. there can be a lot of costs saved. Now, there's a lot of costs saved. Now, is this necessarily the best for the consumer? Is this the best for the gamer? Um. And as Jody May at uh, 90s again brings up in the chat, no overhead costs. There's there's a tremendous amount of, of of money to be saved by a company being like, you know, what, I want to push, I want to push digital, I want to go digital. Um, but the problem in that for the consumer is that you do end up getting screwed. Uh, you know, for me, I've always viewed viewed digital games as an extended 
rental or a lifetime rental until that license is then revoked because it is a revocable license. If you go and screw up, if you go and get your account banned, then you lose access to those games. If you, you, know, you bought games online and you get your account banned, you can no longer go and play that game. You know, um, on, on PC, you just go and make a new account. Right, you know, you can just make a new account and go play your game again. Yeah, well, my account got banned. I lost everything on RuneScape, but I can make another account because they have an IP banned me. Right? Yeah. Um, I, I think there kind of needs to be like a real fundamental shift on the console side of things before we really see this being a feasible option for for any console. Um, it, it, you look at the transition from the the ps3 and xbox 360 to the xbox one and ps4 where it was you know they were very much pushing these indie downloadable titles throughout that previous generation and then the new generation comes out and it's like oh hey yeah no no none of those games work on this system yeah mm -hmm. and those games don't have a physical copy there there was no way of buying those games so it was just yeah sorry you just you know you can't play those games anymore unless you hang on to that system uh, I, I, I can't see, uh, this, and I think that's, that's sort of been the, the biggest stumbling block for a lot of them as well, is that why would I buy a digital version of a PS4 game if I had no guarantees it was going to work on a PS5, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? you know, and, and it, it, then I just, a lot of people will do this. They will sell their previous console to buy the new one, yep. you know, yep. that, it, that happens in other uh other markets as well people sell their old cell phone to buy the new cell phone yeah. they get the new iphone or the new android and all their games that they bought before work because they just move forward in that ecosystem yeah so i you know i think there there needs to be a very fundamental change no and that's not even counting like infrastructure in terms of downloads and speeds and internet providers and all that other crap that that goes along with this yeah you know, on that note, I actually still think that they're missing a mark because this is something I haven't heard yet, and I've been a big proponent of something like this. Uh, I believe that the consoles need to be interchangeable, where compartments inside can be taken out and removed and replaced with more improved parts. So you've got your base model, you know, your base model system. You release kind of like a one terabyte you know, Xbox Series X. And then if you want, you can go and put in a four terabyte hard drive. You can go and put in, um, you know, whatever else you want, you know, pieces to make it work better. You know, a higher graphics card. You know, you want, you want to be able to play games at a higher resolution. You want to make it an Xbox Series X. Well, go buy the $150 kit, go plug it in. No, I, I mean that's that's just the PC market at that point, right? And that's it. And, and, and that, it all works. That's why Steam and Epic and and that sort of thing do so well is because I don't have to worry about that. If my games, for whatever reason, don't work on the newest operating system, the like Windows 11 or whatever Mac OS or what have you, someone will make that thing work. Someone no. out there will have has the technical know how to create some mod to get my copy of this. 15 year olds game working so speaking of 15 year old games and uh and different things for it, i'm going to toss this one your way danny um the xbox uh, or microsoft now has xbox game pass 
and they also have uh xbox live games with gold yeah so xbox game pass is your monthly program you're paying almost like netflix uh or disney plus or any of those other uh, movies programs you pay a set monthly fee you get access to the games that are inside you're able to download them to your system play them as much as you want as long as they stay on there games are recycled in and out of that program so games that you were playing uh you know a year ago you want to go back and play that game and now it might not be there anymore and mm-hmm. you've lost then lost out on all of that but um there is that and then obviously the games with gold you get a couple games a month for free to generally two three games a month i think uh up to five sometimes and then obviously sony has their uh uh playstation uh, uh playstation now yeah playstation now titles uh every month um getting into that mix has been epic over on pc um and epic has been giving away uh pc games um i i personally think this is a continued trend that we're going to see and you know it's one of those things that you know the conversation gets into the why factor and and what's highlighted there a 15 year old title you know the market's changing because when an older game that the company's been trying to sell for so long just sits there and sits there and sits there and sits there, it's not generating any money, right? So I got thinking the other day when in the last three weeks I've downloaded Grand Theft Auto Five on the PC on Epic, I've downloaded Civ Six over on Epic, and I've downloaded Borderlands The Handsome Collection on Epic. Now. I do have an Xbox Live account that I haven't gone on download the games on in a while because, to be honest, I've never really found the games that standout-ish. Right? Mm-hmm. But Thanks. with Epic, the, the Epic Games Launcher, there's been a couple other titles I've downloaded before too, but these these last three, it really made me think. It's like, wow, like, like, like that's about $150 of games within three weeks that I got for free. Yeah, they're all older games, but why would you release them that way? Like, wh- like how does a program like the game pass actually work yeah where's the money being made there because it doesn't make sense on paper you mentioned it danny yourself earlier it doesn't make sense you know you're you're trying to sell the game how can you just give away the game for free yeah so if you if you give away the game for free and by giving away the game for free to wes and you let's say for example i, I give uh, grand theft auto 5 to both of you so both of you go play and you play and you play and you're playing online, playing online, and then a little notification pops up. Hey, purchase a great white shark card for only $30 and you'll get 3 million cash. Also, as a bonus reward, get an extra 1.25 million uh, cash when you buy today. Now, you haven't paid a dime for this game. You're having a lot of fun playing this game. That notification pops up. And all of a sudden you go, you know, I'm really enjoying myself here, right? You you throw that $30 over. What just happened was they were able to get money out of somebody who would have never played and purchased and given them the money because they hadn't already. It's already been 10 years for Grand Theft Auto V plus. Uh, Civ Six. it's been, I think, three or four years since that game's been out. Yep. It's run its course. There's not a lot of people that are willing to, sh- to shell out $90 to play the game. Mm-hmm. But 
if you give away the game for free not only is your next game then going to have a lot more people that have played your older one but you you open it up to actually making sales based off of dlc and expansion packs i was talking to one of my co-workers today at work and he mentioned that he had uh he had downloaded a a free game and then uh yeah yeah he got playing it and it ended up buying a 20 dollar little dlc kit because you pay you know you got it for free and the dlc was 20 bucks it was pretty cheap he was having fun um so it i i find it a very interesting concept and it almost makes me think how much of that is going to continue carrying over towards the xbox series x playstation 5 um even google stadia i mean google stadia is almost another prime one that could just do it straight up you know they i mean they, they could almost be an epic store themselves in a way um I think I think that's really what they're trying to do now. It's just a matter of getting people to actually buy their console and get on their console. Yeah. Um, I don't know what do you think on that, Danny. Well, it, there's a lot of okay. Well, we've we've gone to like multiple. There's a lot. Uh, I I what well, I was gonna say. I think that Xbox and PlayStation are playing catch up to Steam and Epic. Uh, that's why we're seeing the Game Pass. That's why we you know we have PlayStation now. Um, I think, yeah, these uh, with Epic. I'm gonna go with Epic because it, they they've been giving out a lot of high end games that you know you wouldn't expect for free. That's exactly what they want, and you brought it up. You know, yeah, you're getting the game for free, but they're hammering you with DLC. You know, it's like, yeah, I got this you know seventy nine dollar game for free. Uh, what's twenty dollars? That twenty dollars turns into forty dollars, turns into sixty dollars, whatever, whatever. It just keeps piling on. That's where they're making their money. Um, I don't think we're gonna see a trend. I think eventually, that's gonna end up screwing them over. Like I, I, I know Epic is, you know, they brought out the Borderlands uh, not too long ago. I think eventually we're gonna see that end. Um, okay, it, it's one of those things where they're not making much. You might get the, you know, the the uh, one person, the occasional person that buys the DLC. But you brought it up, Jake. A 15-year-old game. Sure, it's free. It's great. You know, it's, it's, it's already past its time. People have moved on to something new. Um, even if you get the DLC and stuff like that, you're going to have a lot of people who, you know, download it just because, hell, they can download it for free uh i personally i've had a playstation like i've gone from playstation 3 to playstation 4 uh i can tell you right now i've never downloaded a free game per month uh i i never cared um like you said you there there haven't been that great titles and even if they were i've already purchased those titles on uh you know uh on physical and purchased them on day one um and like i said earlier the only reason I get the free stuff or I get stuff that's discounted is so I can try it. Um, but with going with Google Stadia, that was exactly what everyone thought the idea was, was to have a prepaid service exactly like Netflix or Disney Plus, uh, where you could go and you know stream any game you wanted for a monthly price. Uh, no, in fact, they 
they decided to charge you $79 or whatever price of the game you're purchasing uh, and have a game that's unplayable. Uh, there's no internet uh, uh, bandwidth to actually run their games in real time uh, unless you're paying a fortune for, you know, a non-data cap. Uh, or, you know, it's 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 one of those things where, yeah, it's great. That uh, PlayStation Now, the Xbox Live Pass, and, you know, if you want for Google Stadia, which, good God, I feel sorry for you. Uh, but, you know, stuff like that is for... I want to say um, convenience gamers. Gamers who are just, you know, they want to just grab a controller, sit down for an hour and play something. Where you don't have load times, you don't have, uh, you know, you don't have to go to a store. You can just pay, I, I can't remember what PlayStation Now is or stuff, you pay for a certain price and you get your choice of, you know, playing a game for however long. Uh, and, you know, that, that matters if you don't care of completing the game. It, you know, like you said, it's going to lose the rights or it's, something's going to happen. It's going to be taken down. You could be halfway into it. You could be almost done it and it's gone the next day. Uh, like I said, yeah, for me, that's more for a, conven- uh, uh, a gamer who is not a full-fledged gamer. It's more of a, let's just, I got 15 minutes. Bam, let's put something playing. What are you, Wes? Well, there, there's also I, I, I imagine anyway that there's also deals between you know in, in terms of Xbox Game Pass, Microsoft is not just getting these games because the developers want to be nice. Microsoft is providing the the, the publishers with money. Right. They are there is a, a deal set up where you know if, I'm sure anyway where if it gets downloaded X number of times, they get X number of dollars per download that sort of thing where most likely trying to go the steam sale a steam sale approach where you know you make way more money selling your game for 95 percent off because a million people bought it versus selling it for full price when you know a thousand people bought it Mm -hmm. uh so i think it's that same approach in terms of some of these Mm -hmm. these same uh some of these these approaches um, I, I imagine Epic is probably doing the same thing. They're just handing over money to uh, 2K or to, well, I guess it was 2K for both because it was GTA and uh, Civ Player. 6. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, then there's the DLC option. Uh, Rockstar has GTA Online. That's a live service. So now you've got th- these extra uh, avenues for players to give money. Uh, and then for the older titles as well, those games probably aren't making anything anyway. So putting it up there with the idea that, oh, well, you know, Microsoft will give us a dollar for every time someone downloads this game. Microsoft can probably do that for the thousand people that'll download that game. And that company just made an extra thousand bucks for literally nothing. But could, could they really afford to do that at a dollar for every every game across the board i feel like there's there might be a little maybe a little bit of both going on you know you, you got the you got the payment for you know the the downloads maybe in the pennies or like five cents is you know per download kind of thing or and then uh, yeah it's it's i and i imagine those deals are per 
title as well. They're they're not just going to be, hey, you know, we're Microsoft. This is what we give you. Yeah. Um, they're yeah. they're going to pay more to get Red Dead, to get GTA, than they are to get uh, After Party. So an interesting thing here. Um, so two of the biggest games of this generation, uh, Fortnite is a free-to-play title that launched free-to-play. It's always been free-to-play. Or, or sorry, no, let me correct that. It launches a pay-to-play uh, pay game or, 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 or you know, cost game. Um, then they changed the format completely of what the game was and put it out as a free-to-play battle royale. And it took off. Free to play. Um, like that's it. Like, you don't pay a dime. But I've spent fifteen dollars on Fortnite. My daughter spent fifteen dollars on Fortnite to buy the battle pass because it made sense with the amount we were playing to buy the battle pass. So for fifteen dollars, we both went and chipped in that. Now, uh. The way Fortnite actually has it set up is that you can actually play through the season, and if you play through the season, you don't have to go back and and, and buy the season pass. You can pay it with the coins you make. So this one's a little bit less um, in, in ways, but I find it very interesting that Fortnite makes so much money being a free-to-play game because it's all in choice. You have the choice to spend the money, right? So then it's based off the, the fun factor. It's delivering... An experience that is fun enough and entertaining enough for an individual to want to spend money on it without having like a pre-planned I've got to pay ninety dollars in order to pay this or play this game. Right? Yeah. Um Grand Theft Auto five is is the second one I want to bring up because it made as of twenty eighteen, it had made six billion dollars. As a game, six billion dollars, and that's obviously including the sales of the title. But that's not where the majority of the money actually came from. The majority of the money actually came from those additional in-game purchases in Grand Theft Auto Online for cash. They make stupid amount of money every year selling Grand Theft Auto cash to people. Stupid, yeah. stupid, stupid amount of money. And I mean, six billion dollars for one game, right? And I think that Rockstar really learned in the end what it was about. And I mean, I know, I know it's a little bit different for them to just go out and and release, you know, Grand Theft Auto Five on on PC. And it, it, it's made me think of a different, you know, conversation in terms of game releases, though, where you know maybe we start seeing games either dropping the the cost of the game you know the the, 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 like the top of the game like the cost of the game coming down and you know them relying more on in-game purchases and just in-game purchases being more of a thing or they just make them for free but at the same time it's almost as if only certain types of games can do that yeah. not every game can be a free-to-play game or can it I think it's selective. I, I really think not every game can. It, it's a very selective few that I think will, would work. Any first-person shooter, yeah, no problem. Um, a simulation game, sure. Uh, even racing could work as uh, free-to-play. Uh, but 
you know, an RPG? No. Uh, we, we might, we, there no. are a few that I, I think the more mobile games, but even that doesn't really work as well as the, like, the ones I've listed. Just to real quickly, uh, to, to ask you another question on RPG. So, let's say they release a base game where you're able to go to the first kingdom. And in order to get the expansion to go to the second kingdom, you have to pay $20. Yeah. In order to go to the third kingdom, you have to pay $20. You gotta pay. Uh, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know my answer for that one. It'd be like... DLC, right? I mean, yeah. it would be DLC. It's be, it'd be no different than you know, a game today, like Pokemon, literally is dropping expansion news tomorrow that I've already paid for. So I paid $40 for an expansion after buying the game for $90. So they already hooked me on the DLC. They're already you, delivering the same thing. I can't but, go... But see, right right there, you just brought it up. You know, Pokemon was a complete game already. Yes, this, this, this is an expansion uh, that is, you know, a completely side story if you want to play that it's not that you had to pay that much money to go to the fifth gym badge or the sixth gym badge it's a completely different scheme right there right uh you know going back to what you were saying about the dungeons and on a role-playing game that would be an unfinished game at least in my opinion uh you know having to pay 30 bucks for something that should have already been included in it is ridiculous uh having a, a completely different side game sure because you know you're paying extra for something that the company came in and said you know what we are going to do a completely side story that's going to take you from so and so that you have to put actual money you have to invest actual money to make this expansion uh having that as a lock is pretty much like catcom's locking you know uh, fighters that should be available for a fighting game uh, that you have to pay a certain price for. That, that to me, is like... They've been doing that since fighting games started. Yeah, I was going to say, that's still a thing, man. <laughs> exactly. Which, which is, it's one of those things. It's... Yeah, free-to-play works with certain games. I do not see it working for, like I said, an RPG. It just, it's a really different concept yeah i I agree like anything where it's it it's story driven very narrative based Mm -hmm. i i think you would have to have something just unbelievable to to be able to pull off that sort of pricing scheme for it um but certainly the yeah there's there's genres and, and titles out there where you could do that sort of thing of here we're gonna give you this base game and we're just gonna have you know every four months we'll put out a bunch of new content and you you buy that at you know for 10 bucks three times mm-hmm. a year and it we're just never going to stop doing this we're, we're going to keep doing this forever um it, the, I, I think there's certainly avenues to do that i also think that publishers are going to try and maximize what they can do with that stuff mm-hmm. and they'll do the free to play as a last resort and we'll continue to try and charge you eighty dollars for for the experience first. Yeah. So I, I got a couple of things to bring up with you guys here, and then and then we unfortunately got to find ourselves ending out in about the next five or ten minutes. We're uh, over <laughs> our time, but you know it's always lovely chatting with you guys, and we just we yeah. we just get ourselves Same. going because it's uh it's good. Um, 
So, Witcher 3. The Witcher 3 is a massive, massive, massive game. Very, very, very good game. Um, what would have happened if CD Projekt Red had released The Witcher for free? And then their two DLC packs, they charge at the regular price. And then, on top of that, add in a cosmetic shop for you to be able to go and purchase different things for Geralt on your adventure. You know, that you want to, you know, exclusively bring in and change. You want to have a, a special horse that they've that they've put up there that has fury red hair. Sorry? You're not taking Roach away from you me. You know what I mean? Or swords. On him or something like that, and he can spawn <laughs> on top of that house. I don't care, but no, I got to keep Roach. So... Had they released the game for free and, and made the DLC packs as they were and made these cosmetic changes, you know, it, I mean, I mean, obviously that you know, it would have opened the game up to that much, that many more people, right? And while The Witcher Three only had two DLCs, could have had more. It could have had a lot more, right? And a big thing that I'm starting to see is the longevity of games being increased, and I think that was something that. In our day growing up, there was that longevity. I remember playing playing one game for years, right? Yeah. You know, playing Halo, you know, for years, playing Halo two or three for three or four years until the next Halo came out. I don't do that with games these these days anymore because there's so many games coming out, and you know, some of them you, you know you end up playing for twenty you know thirty hours and you're done, yeah. right? And I mean, other games you beat, like Skyrim, you go and beat, and then you know they have a couple DLC packs, but it's like, man, I wanted more. Like, you know, with how long Skyrim's been out, they could have added so many more DLC packs in between, you know, 2011 when it launched and now instead of re-releasing it over and over and over and over again. Um, Pokemon came out this year in November for the Switch. Uh, did a couple big game changers. Increased the price of the game up from 49 to 79 because it's Switch now. Big, big spender. And then they added DLC, something that I called on our Pokemon Mondays podcast, where Nintendo had done it with Legend of Zelda as well. And they did it with Pokemon. And it increases the longevity of the game. Now, they only did it for one year. So my overall encompassing argument is... And, and, and you look at Fortnite as an example of that, where they have seasons, and these 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 games have seasons. Or, you know, year one, year two, year three, year four. Look at Rainbow Six Siege; it's another game that's continuing on, doing you know, it just continues and continues. Overwatch. Now these are all online-based games, but and what's this will be here first? Do you think that it will be possible for these other games to have? You know, an avenue to explore as a as a free to play that way, or or do you think that you know, it's just it'll always be locked to just certain genres can only get away with it? I, I still think you're you're gonna find it locked to certain genres. Um, specifically with you know when when we're talking like Overwatch or we're talking Fortnite or that sort of thing, the base game is staying the same. You know, you're you're making a new gun or you're making a new skin. Mm -hmm. Those are smaller, uh, smaller things to sell, and and thus they they are priced accordingly. Generally, uh, with something like the The Witcher, uh, like I I played 
The Witcher 3 for 150 hours. And I haven't touched the DLC yet. Yeah. I finished the game and have not touched the DLC. And I put 150 hours into the game. It took me four months to do it uh, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 and I think with, with a game like that, um, to it, the, all the stuff that needs to be created for it is so much larger you've got to create new cities you've got to create new characters you've got to bring people in to record various voice lines you've got all of this writing involved with the all of these quests um the witcher itself is is decision based so you know your your choices will impact the game Mm -hmm. uh, further on so you've got these all these these branching paths that need to be managed i i think the the undertaking itself is is so much larger in a game like that than it is to add some new guns and some new skins to Fortnite, to mm-hmm. add a new map to Rainbow Six or to to Overwatch. Uh, obviously, like a character is is a little bit bigger in Overwatch because mm-hmm. you now have to concern yourself concern yourself with balance and things like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think just the the sheer magnitude of the work involved uh versus and and you've got to weigh that against like the 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 expectations of the 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 people playing mm-hmm. you know out of something like the witcher or skyrim the expectations out of an expansion are massive oh yes versus, they are. you know hey there's a new battle pass for for fortnite mm-hmm. uh and I, I think that just that that plays such a vital role in, in kind of how they need to approach that mm-hmm. um and it, you know it it shows in the amount of time that you know, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven has has been in development. They announced that before The Witcher three came out, mm-hmm. and it's still not out until hopefully later this year if if that team is able to pull that off. So fingers crossed. Right. But oh man, they've been crunching on that thing for a long time. Yeah, um, crunch time is real time. Yeah, yeah, and it 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 hurts, and and I mean. I guess there's something to be fa- thankful for that those people are probably crunching at home, but they're still crunching. Yeah. So and, and crunch is not as fun as anyone would have you believe. No, I don't. I don't doubt that. What about you, Danny? <laughs> That's another conversation, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I can't see something like The Witcher or Skyrim or, or that sort of thing going that route. Yeah, yeah it, it's definitely selective, uh, selective genres. Uh, I agree with uh, with Wes 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to see it for very uh, you know story driven games. Um, you you see it for first person shooters because it's easy to do. Uh, you see it with uh, Fortnite because it's easy to do. Uh, stuff that takes uh, a full fledged game with a massive uh, narrative and. Uh, um, gameplay mechanics, you're, you're not going to see anything like that be a free-to-play game. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it's going to be very selective. And out of the three genres that I listed earlier, that is the only genres that I can think of that will will, will be a free-to-play game, because yeah. I don't see any other genres going to that. Yeah, Without some serious reworking, needing to almost be done to the whole game on a you know, top-to-bottom yeah. level. But that is it for tonight on Player to Player. We uh, thank everyone for tuning in and joining us. You can find all of our previous episodes of Player to Player over on our YouTube channel. You can also find them here on Twitch within the two weeks of their broadcast. 
And furthermore, you'll be able to find them all on Anchor shortly after, within the next couple of days, uh, where you can listen to them and take them on the road. So whether you're viewing us on YouTube or on Anchor, we appreciate you tuning in and following us. It's always been great to talk to you guys, as always. Same. Same here. And uh, without any further ado, next Monday we're going to be talking about video game movies. We decided uh, during this podcast or yeah, this podcast here, so we're going to be talking video game movies next week. Uh, the rise of them, as Danny says, and I fully fledged agree. I think we're seeing a, a huge thing with video game movies. Tom Holland being uh, Nathan Drake is a huge deal, uh, among others. So be able to catch that full yeah, conversation. Hmm, sorry. I have some stories. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> so, be able to catch that full conversation next week, uh, where hopefully we have Will or another joining us, and that starts at 9 p.m., so make sure to set the alarm, tune in, and we'll catch you on Player to Player next week. Take it easy. Bye, guys.